called Dano. Watch a cut. Listeners, if you could see it, Santa Car will spark saying that, sparking up in his brown leather jacket at night. <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary. But I think that is the tone of the show, Simon. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's a bit grossy, but hey, what you're going to do is sorry not in service. Get used to it. That's right. Or get over yourself. Um, uh, we've got a, 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 a wonderful show. A quite extraordinary. BAFTA winning show coming up the, uh, for you. And uh, we'll enjoy it, really. Yeah, probably. Do BAFTAs do things for radio? Um, PAFTAs. PAFTA. Why not RAFTAs? Podcast. I don't, podcast. Know, what, I don't know what BAFTA stands for. Um... Uh, uh, hang on, British and film television agree. Pafta. Podca. 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 Podcast. And. And film. Ten Arishes. Ten Arishes. Ten Arishes. Pafta. This is it. Sorry, not in service. 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 And etc. and so on. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is indeed Sorry, Not in Service on 10 Radio. Uh, Hello. Coming from you here in what may as well be November. Uh, <laughs> Summer, summer's over, I see. That's all summer gone. I'll see, uh, I'll see, um, I'll see it's old... Uh, I see it's all nice, old nice weather for ducks, isn't it? All nice weather for the fish and uh, it's got excellent weather for um, amphibians, newts, and so on and dwellers, so forth. Yeah, yeah water that folk. Lot. Yes. Water what? Water folk. Oh, folk. Folk, sir. Well. <laughs> okay. Right. I thought we. Water <laughs> folk. So uh, yes. Well, what a way to start the show on the radio. <laughs> I. <laughs> well, someone fell apart a little quicker than normal. What's going on there, darling? What's going? On? How are you, Simon? It's been two weeks. Yes, it, it has. How it, is it? It has literally been two weeks since I've laid my eyes on you, isn't it? And yeah. Boy, how you've grown. Um, my two weeks. Well, I am um, not a huge amount going on. Um, Not a huge amount. No. Is it, does it ever slightly depress you when we do this and you go, well, there's a 26th of a year that... <laughs> what's... Is anything... Is it wasted? Something happens yeah, there. If or if, if when progeny turn up, then they might say to me, Daddy, Daddy, what did you achieve between the dates of the 10th and 24th of July 2015? And I like to look at them straight in the eye and I say, well, Titty, as I will call my daughter, uh, Daddy was, um, well, he didn't do a huge amount, but, you know. Download the podcast. Download the podcast. <laughs> it will stand as testament to your father's inadequacy prior to your arrival, oh, my, my lovely. Well, well, we'll find out how each of our fortnights have been once we've given ourselves three more minutes to think of something that we've done. So, William. So you actually just did that then, didn't you, Simon? What's that? Did you just do a little burp, Simon? I did do a little burp, yes. Yeah. William, William, dare I ask you, now that we've dare, had some time to dare. think... I didn't need time to think. I was already. Yeah, you've actually done something this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do enlighten me and the listeners. What's as... been going on in my life? Well, in the past fourteen days, I've had uh, ten days holiday. <laughs> it's quite nice, actually. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a rarity as well. I have done a great rambling about the place, have which you? has been most delightful. Okay. I take up my little dog. I go to all the hills in my car. I have a fun time on the hills. It was nice. Yes, um, but unfortunately. Yeah. You know how every time I go out in public... Oh, yes, that old chestnut. That old chestnut. You know where the public live? In the public? Yeah. Public people. Well, I've, I've done it again. Right. I keep... 
I don't, I don't mean to upset them, Simon. I, I don't mean to upset them. Do you pet them too hard? I tell you, well, sometimes, yes. I mean, heavy petting is certainly <laughs> unwarranted. Forbidden. Yes, um, it is forbidden. Carry on, <laughs> yes. do, do, do you tell? So I took my dog Spode, lovely Spode, beautiful Spode, up to Cothelston Hill. Do you know Cothelston Hill? No. Very nice. You go through um, Kingston St Mary out of Taunton and you head up Cothelston Hill. It's just on the right past the Pines Cafe and sure. it's beautiful. You can see uh, you can see all the way over to Bridgewater and that lot and you can see the other way into whatever that lot Exmoor is probably and all. It's lovely. Okay. Problem is, on a beautiful sunny day, yeah. you get to the top of Cothelston Hill and then you want to keep moving so you go down again, don't you? Sure. Yeah, so at some point you go down, you head into the woods and you go, well, I'd better prefer to be up on top of the hill with a beautiful view and all that. Just turn around, back over. Back, back up again. And kind of looped in a figure of eight around Cothelston Hill, I would say about four times over the course of an hour. <laughs> Missed something, though. There was a couple who were picnicking up there. Oh, boy! Yeah, I, mean, I was the only other person up there, and I must have walked past them at least, like, five, six times. Right. Just, you know, within, like, 20 feet of them. Never noticed them, just, like, pottering along with Spode. Brilliant. And, yeah... Getting I mean, the stomp on, because you stomp. I do stomp. I do yeah. stomp. I, I, I stomp like a man who's been wronged. <laughs> <laughs> what were you wearing? <laughs> A lot Chanel. Of the, uh, <laughs> a lot of these uh, anecdotes revolve around what, you know, your appearance will... Uh, I, I, don't just, re- I don't recall. It can't have been anything that particularly extraordinary. I think I was in uh, snow boots, uh, denim three-quarter lengths, and uh, uh, what's those things for... What are those, like, vest top things? Um, gilet. No, no, not a gilet. Not like a coat, like a T-shirt. Right, a vest. Uh, is it just called a vest? Yeah. Oh, it's got an unsavoury name associated with... Uh, vest, denim three-quarter lengths, and some snow boots. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, I realised... When I, when I spotted them, because they were watching me... And you know when sometimes somebody's watching you, you suddenly go, ah, right, okay. Yeah. I've seen you now, you're watching me, you've probably... Cover story. I looked down to, down the hill towards where I was about to head and went, Alex! <laughs> As if you were searching for someone. Silently. <laughs> After your fourth trip around them, you thought... What did I try calling his name? What? What did I try calling Alex? 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 <laughs> Alex? So, um, yeah, I did that and then immediately just walked back to the car and left. Oh, three quarters! Three quarters! Three quarters? Sorry, I was thinking that you were wearing denim sort of, you know, cut-offs. No, not cut-offs, like denim cut-offs uh, and snow boots. What, yeah, and snow boots. What are we talking there? We're talking big boots. Well, I've got, I mean, I've got... you can describe them right now because I'm still wearing some. Oh, okay. I'm wearing them with jeans, which is more acceptable. Oh, okay. Like um, they're quite big. Napoleon Dynamite shoes. Yeah, yeah kind um, of. I mean, if there's a problem, <laughs> sorry, I, I, sorry. In my mind's eye, you were walking around in denim cutoffs with your snow and a vest and some vest. snow boots, calling, if, for, calling for Alex on the moor. I, to be honest, I quite like the three-quarter lengths and snow boots look because it just exposes about, I would say, as much as five to seven inches of my calf. And what are five to seven inches? But if anything, I find that more coquettish <laughs> if I've been wearing shorts. Yeah. Just a little bit of calf. <laughs> you weren't going to say coquettish, were you? No. Buzzes and squeaks. Radio pop music. Simon, 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 Simon. What have you been up to? Oh, in my life. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. so I've had some time to think about something that's happened. Um, the, uh, right, okay. Daddy, Daddy, what, what did you do? Well, what Titty. What did you do? Well, well, Titty. <laughs> between the dates of the 10th of July and the 14th of July, and then on to the 24th of July. Yes, Daddy. Titty. Uh, I had a problem with our broadband. Oh, first world problems. Oh. Uh, yeah, issue with our broadband yesterday, uh, whereby we lost um, internet and we lost telephone. And, um, and we have an issue in, in the house whereby uh, we haven't got any mobile phone signal. Right. So, so sort of no means of communication unless you're in the attic. So it's like, it's like reverting to the 18th century, where they had no means of communication. I certainly so. It's, it, it's just unfortunate that we were expecting some important phone calls and needed to use the internet quite a lot yesterday. Um, so I um, totted up to the old attic and uh, made a phone call uh, to BT. And uh, they said, oh, right, OK. They, I explained the situation. I said, look, well, I've lost uh, internet. I've lost telephone. Uh, the only place I can get reception is in the attic. Uh, can you sort this, please? And he said, yes, I will get somebody to phone you back immediately. 
Nothing happens. For right, a quarter of an hour. I'm, st- I'm stood in the I'm stood in the attic. But what did you do, Daddy? Oh, well, I couldn't move anywhere, could I? Because if they were going to phone me back, I needed to be in the attic. So I waited in the attic for twenty minutes. Is that necessarily a bad thing? No. For, well, I, w- I want to get this resolved. Yeah, but at the same time, haven't you got a Sabutio set up there? I have, but I didn't think about that. Good point. Um, <sighs> so I'm in the attic and waiting for this phone call to come in, and I am, um, and, and there's no call. So I phone them back and I explain it to a second person. And uh, they say, oh, right, okay, yeah, well, I will get, I will just pass you over to our technical services team and they'll uh, help help you out. Phone line goes dead. Right, but what? <laughs> so, I now make my third phone call. And you know when you explain a, cir- a circumstance so many times, you sort of cut things out. You do sort of like, you, you, you abridge things. I'm Simon, I'm in an attic. What did you miss out? Well, that's kind of what I said, pretty much. I just was so exasperated. By the fifth phone call I had to make to BT, <laughs> stood in the attic for an hour and 20 minutes plus. And I essentially, just on the fifth phone call, I went, hi, I've got a problem, I've got no telephone, and I'm in my attic. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that, Titty, is what happened to Daddy. Really, Daddy? When will you tell me another story of your adventures? When you learn how to use the toilet properly. Well, William, we've heard well, all about well, well, we've heard all about our spectacular fortnights. We have indeed, and there is a pecking order to these fortnights, Simon. <laughs> is there? There is, Simon. William at the top. Really? Me at the middle, and who would? I think would you'll there find you've got, three? You've, got, you've got this the wrong way around, William. Have I? You at Are the we bottom. A crescendo. You at the bottom. Me in the middle, and Tom on top. What a Brilliant night that is. What is Tom up, up to now? I've got 99 problems, but Tom Reed ain't one. Hello, Tom. Hello, Simon. How are you doing? Uh, well, very well. Well, good, good. More, more importantly, Tom, more importantly, uh, in the current climate, what is Tom up to now? Tom is cooking pasta. <laughs> I think you've done that before, actually. Uh, but I anyway. Think... <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> All right, I'm doing a dance. Excellent. Dance, pasta dance. Bye, Tom. Goodbye. What is Tom up, up to now? What? Just, it just, just lacks so much imagination. He I can't... Ca- I cannot believe mm. that he's done pasta twice. Well, in all fairness, Simon, I just think he can't let go of the continent. What do they do on the continent? Eat pasta. And? Make love. Dance. Oh, yeah. Well, Sorry. <laughs> it's kind of a dance. 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 Well, Tom, this one. Prog love. <laughs> Are you sure I wasn't at the top of the pile, Simon? <laughs> no. I, I upset some people on top of a hill in glorious no, sunshine. No, 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 no. You were stuck in an attic. Tom was repeating himself. Well, wins. <laughs> Dang, damn it. Let's go. Ah! Why are you doing? Who are you? For goodness sake. What's going on? War is coming to Ash Brittle next week as the parish council have agreed to begin hostilities with Belgium. The Belgian armed forces, numbering over 30,000 active personnel, will begin their offensive with a series of airstrikes before sending troops into the village on foot. Parish council chairman Gertrude Frickle is delighted to have secured the high-profile opponents and hopes to enjoy success in the counter-offensive invasion of Bruges later this year. An exciting new development for Ash Brittle will be landing this week, or should I say, parking? That's right, on Tuesday the alphabetically superior village will be taking over duties from T-Bay service station. Due to problems associated with the geographical location of the M6, the nation's greatest living Doctor Who, Captain Oates, will be causing a rift in space sign. So try and avoid shortcuts in the area. Clarkson! 
Clarkson is coming to Milverton on Wednesday to present school children with good attendance certificates. Clarkson will be dishing out some awards and being offensive about the heritages of some of the children. Clarkson will then roll his eyes, talk with a dismissive tone of voice about political correctness before making remarks about women, teachers' appearances and liberals. Godspeed, Clarkson! Hey, are you under the age of nine? Are you capable of whispering? Do you have access to a microphone? Are you sure of what you're doing in your life? Have you got a plan to fix the world? If the answer to all of these questions is yes, then why not try contacting someone who can actually do something instead of whispering all your theories into a microphone you're clearly too young to own, stupid child. Wonderful news, everyone! Hewish Champflower is in the final for the Vidal Sassoon Best Hair Competition 2015. Following a change in the marking system, the finalists will not be judged on style, but by volume. Therefore, residents of the village will all be required to shave their heads and place their hair in the specially dug pits that will be found on the boundary at the cricket club. This needs to be done by the 30th at the latest. Non-participation in this will not reflect well on you. Good luck to one and all. And finally, development is finally starting on the eastern edge of the ten parishes. Development of what? Why, dear listener, the wall of improved community relations is finally going up, despite attempts by certain outside elements to prevent it. So, if you've got experience of wall building, get involved. Also, if you've got experience of preventing unsavoury elements from thieving building materials, definitely get involved, as Preston Bowyer are going to be shifting bricks. And those are the things that are going on in the 10 parishes this fortnight, and if you don't like it, you can move. Simon, 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 Simon. Yes, sir. Have you ever driven somewhere far away? Yes. Where? Scotland. Oh, that's further. Right. Well, okay, <laughs> right, pretend okay. you didn't right. answer something quite Manchester. Quite too, hmm? Manchester. A bit too far still, I think. All right, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, Closer? Uh, oh, God. Well, Shrewsbury. Okay, well, I've driven far further. <laughs> Shrewsbury? Yeah, Bur- probably. Birmingham. Anyway, I did Birmingham driven, the other Birmingham, week. Birmingham, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So, I've driven far further than you've ever driven. <laughs> right. I win, therefore. Because I drove to last on air. To yeah. London, Simon. To London. London. High five. Come back. High five. Treat for the webcam viewers there. <laughs> and for no one else. Um, you went to London, William. You've driven to London. On the way back, we went via Bournemouth. Right. Because it looked nice. Yes, it is. Is Bournemouth a nightmare? Um, it's a know? nightmare to drive through. We were there last weekend. Oh, right, no, no. By night, is it a nightmare? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dave, uh, Dave, who was on the show, um, Dave Running Man Irwin and I uh, spent a few nights in, in Bournemouth over the years, and it's yeah. Yeah, a bit rough, a bit sort of, you know. Because I couldn't work, because, like, it looks beautiful. We were there during the evening, like, early evening, late yeah. afternoon, early evening, and, you know, it's, like, beautiful seafront and the pier and everything like that. Sure. And there were young, healthy-looking people playing volleyball, yeah. but there was also quite comfortable middle-aged people sure. eating ice cream. Sure. I thought, this looks great, but we were stood in the st- central square looking around going, this looks lovely, and I looked up and I noticed, one, there's a lot of security cameras. Yep. I mean, like, every 20 foot there is a big pole with a security camera on it. Okay. Two, microphones, yep. which always alarm when they're near security cameras. <laughs> Three, closer study of these security cameras, I identified them as the kind that they use uh, in prisons because they're anti-riot ones. <laughs> God. But then I thought maybe it's just safe. I have actually got to talk about Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered, yes, we were there last weekend. I have done something, Titty. And, um... <laughs> daddy, 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 <laughs> tell me all the Bournemouth. Yeah, uh, we went to see, um, uh, Amy and Mark, and, uh, our friends, you don't know them. And, um, we, uh, yeah, we had a lovely evening there, Friday night. And then on the Saturday, we went into Bournemouth. Yeah. And, um, a lady was a little bit tired, having had an exciting booze evening. She was pissed. Yeah, she was really... Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totes. Um, yeah, she was totally hungover, totally hanging, and um, um, there was a trampy sort of man falling asleep on a bench, well, fell asleep on a bench. Carla sat down and sort of went, oh, like that, and sort of, like, slumped. And I was stood, like, between the two benches, and there was really, really very little to tell between the two of them. <laughs> it was she. She looked... Uh, she, she looked could, she like could a, be homeless. She looked um, like a kind of a homeless woman. Yeah, and uh, Drunk on the, the other exciting thing is we went to the stuck um, in the middle with you. <laughs> which is the which? But is if the, you're here, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've never seen him in the same room. No. The only Trump and Carla. <laughs> um, 
We went to the aquarium in Bournemouth, which is brilliant. I thoroughly oh, recommend you go to the aquarium. It's terrific okay. fun. And um, there we went. There's there sort of like a turtle pool, and um, there was uh, you, there's glass down the uh, down the side, so you can see them swimming like oh, right, underwater, yeah, which is really good. And yeah. it, the whole thing's about I don't know what would you call this sort of waist height. Waist height. Uh, but there, there, there's a ledge uh, underneath uh, at the bottom. Yeah. And um, Carla and I sort of uh, sat down on this ledge. Right. Um, because uh, well, I think we were both quite tired. We, we were both quite tired, and we just fancied sitting, Ooh, sitting sit down, down and really go sit, sit down, down and look at some turtles. Um, and um, it's dark in this place, darkish. Yeah. And so quite a large lady came round and stood looking into the pool from above, but stood right in front of Carla and I. As we were crouching down, <laughs> sat down, and I don't think she realised, but like her skirt was could only have been two inches away from my face. Right. If so she'd have looked down and seen Carla and I crouched down, sat down, slumped at her feet, it would have been quite the kerfuffle. You got twerked by a large woman <laughs> in an aquarium. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I did. Wow. The life of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> daddy, 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 what's twerking? You'll find out when you're seven. Come in there. My name's Trey Munkle. Y'all ready to snuggle up under the old star spangle and learn about the men and women folk of the home of the brave? Now settle your britches as we learn about great American lives. has the powerful reputation of being the most ornery chess player the Mississippi ever did see. He had a right rook that could take out a chess board a full ten yards away, and the mouth to make sure the poor son of a gun facing him was in for an ass whooping that would make Sun Tzu want to bite his own legs off. When Burt faced off against Gary Kasparov in the heats for the North Hemisphere champion of the World Chess Spectacular, he hollered so loud Paul Kasparov got a case of the over-defensive and put his whole front line in a tight circle around his ears. Burt didn't care much for that kind of fur and skullduggery and proceeded to cuss them pawns black and blue, which guaranteed that win as Burt was never one for playing white. As a side note, the blue pawns were declared conscientious objectors in the style of the time. Uh, Bert got his comeuppance in the first Gulf War when he tried his hand at Baghdad with nothing but a pair of lead bishops and a bullhorn. He got hit by a scud missile and the match was declared a draw. But God bless you, Bert Franulum. God bless America. And God bless the great American sport of chess. Now play the course by foreigners even more. God damn these times. Send us your bank details. 
<laughs> when he was doing the actions to that jingle and it was extraordinary in profile <clears throat> please reply urgently oh okay hello <laughs> Please, I am contacting you to let you know my desire to establish a charity foundation in your country with this sum of five million US dollars. A charity foundation? Yes, sir. Oh, I love charity. Which I inherited from my late husband, Dr. John Newell. Oh, sad. It is my desire to see that this money is invested to any organisation of your choice in your country and distributed each year among the charity organisation and organisations, motherless babies' home, mosques, churches, hospitals, schools, supporting destitute aged men and women, or whatever you may have in mind that will be the best benefit of the less fortunate. Tent radio? <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, uh, this, this bit of jungle, we've heard this quite a lot, haven't we? This sort of it's thing. It's a recurring o- Often we don't have motherless babies' homes. Motherless or, babies' homes. Yeah, yeah, with the apostrophe in the babies, and uh, or supporting destitute aged men and women. Are motherless babies known for being homeowners. <laughs> What's different to this one here is coming up. Yeah, I, I've replied to this. Whoa. Yeah, I've taken a big step. You have taken a big step, Simon. That's a that's danger I, money right there. Well, I've opened up uh, a um, uh, an email account with, on uh, with a website. Wise. Yes. Under the name <laughs> under the name Tootie Baghorn. <laughs> Tootie Baghorn. <laughs> Tootie Baghorn. Tootie Baghorn. So that's from Patricia Newell. Patricia Newell. Okay, right, so Tootie replies. Oh dear. Gordano, Patricia! <laughs> I am very saddened to hear about your loss and that you were raised from a motherless baby's home and your surgery and any other sadnesses. <laughs> I am interested in helping you and I will find some way of spending the five million US dollars. What do you need? <laughs> Tootie <Yes>. Baghorn. <laughs> And is taken into account tea back on. <laughs> Never heard I until he said that. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was an experiment. It was the first one I replied to, and I was astonished to find. Yes. Pat replied, "My dear tea baghorn, <laughs> thanks for your reply to my mail. Good to hear from you, and it is a pleasure knowing that I am entrusting such a fortune to a God-fearing person who will not jeopardise the trust." Oh, good. On the attachment is my pictures before my illness and on my sickbed. Presently, I'm under an intensive care at a hospital here in Spain. <laughs> and my medical report is really bad. You can view my medical report on this email attachment. Mm. <laughs> I'm quite delighted to receive your message of willingness to assist. I appreciate also if you can send me your picture to s- so that I can see the face of the child of God I am living this project to. What, Jesus? <laughs> That's the implication. So you can see the face of Jesus. In teabaggle. Well. <laughs> I must be sincere and let you understand that as a human being that have human flesh, I am not too sure if you're handling this project according to my wish. But hang on, I thought you were made of wine and bread. <laughs> <laughs> not this, Jesus. This is Tootie Baghorn. This is Tootie Baghorn. Tootie Baghorn's made of pepperamis. <laughs> Lilt. Patricia goes on. I would like to read from your seri- seriousness and willingness to handle the God work. Like I have explained to you in my first mail that I do not have anybody to entrust this unto because all the relatives that I had are bad people all and they them. also plan to killing me before I manage to escape from their tigerish hands. <laughs> tigerish? Oh, well, their tigerish hands. Thanks and, best re- thanks and remain blessed in thy Lord. Best regards, your sister in Christ, Mrs. Patricia Newell. Tootie replies. Oh, hello. Hello, Pat. What a wonderful email you you have sent me. I see you like God a lot. (laughs) I would love to send you a photograph of me, but I am at work and do not have access to my photos. Mm. I have, however, asked a colleague to draw a picture of me, which you will find attached. I hope this gives you some idea of my face and body. I'm going to show William the picture of Tootie Baghorn, drawn by his colleague. Wow, now Tootie Backhorn. Tootie Backhorn, you look like a Deslinum that's gone wrong. <laughs> Tootie Backhorn with your uh, your strange facial hair that's going on there and your square glasses. He's your, got square glasses, your topless do- demeanour and magnificent <laughs> pecs. Tootie, as William described, well, he's got a comb over. He's got sort of like um, Noddy Holder sideburns. Yeah. yeah. Moustache, square glasses, and I've drawn, well, Tootie's colleague. Yes, Tootie's colleague. Topless. Has- is, yes, Tootie's colleague has elected to draw Tootie topless. <laughs> this will be on the website. Topless Tootie's there. So that was sent to Pat. Thank you for your pictures. I see you have deteriorated quite a lot. Oh. That is a shame. On to business. 
<laughs> I mean, don't worry, shame. <laughs> Let's move on to business. I'm hoping to spend some of the $5 million on building an orphanarium for the motherless babies. Oh, that's lovely. It will have a big area for the sorry children to sit in and lots of rooms for them to silently think about God in. I hope this sounds good to you. I'm also hoping to build an area for the sad kids to learn how to draw pictures of Jesus and all his friends, brackets, for fun and learning purposes. I think this will cost about 4.28 million US dollars because I plan to round up as many children as possible, so it will need to be quite big. Does that sound okay to you? I hope so. I am very worried about your relatives who want to be killing you. Do you want me to phone the police? They know how to deal with these things. Please let me know as soon as possible if you're happy to proceed, as I would like to start this project quickly. All the best, Tooty Baghorn. Tooty Baghorn? And listeners will be hearing more from his correspondence with Patricia Newell later in the show. This is being mooted as a... That's being mooted as a... This next song I'm going to play is being mooted as a potential replacement to the theme tune of Newsnight. And the following piece of music is uh, dedicated, of course, to Tutu Baghorn and Patricia Newell, and is actually been mooted as a potential replacement to the BBC Snooker theme tune. are an important part of who we are, but astrology is so much more than personality traits. The constant motion of the planets affects our lives in the boardroom, the bedroom, and everywhere in between. From Saint Augustine to Russell Grant, many have tried to harness the awesome power of the zodiac, but one man stands tall above all others and will guide you through the mystical world of this most astronomical of phenomena. Welcome to Horoscopia. Aries, thunder and lightning are actually signs that the gods are ambivalent about you, Aries. So this week you will save an absolute packet on appeasing them. Try reusing the wicker to make artisanal log baskets. Reassure your wife that it was all a joke and that you don't even know what fire is. Taurus. This week you will be rendered destitute by a sudden collapse in the price of tulips. Your last few pounds will be spent traveling to Holland where you will be aghast to discover that the windmills are surrounded by subprime mortgages, which are the very bottom of fashion. Gemini. A largely empty week, which you should use to collect your thoughts. On Tuesday, you should put them side by side on a psychological mantelpiece. On Wednesday, you should stare wistfully at an approaching lion. Thursday won't happen. Cancer. Friends will visit this week. They will tell you what they have done, and you will either be disinterested or like their lives. Talk Talk will sort out the broadband next week. Leo. You are as strong as the oak, and as wise as the owl living within. Remember this during your interview. Try not to mull on the way the owl lives inside the oak, and whether this represents wisdom undermining your strength, or whether owls are actually wise or whether oak is still a benchmark of strength. Stop crying. Virgo. Sleep can be tricky for all of us at times. Rest assured that there are no monsters under your bed, nor ghouls that go bump in the night. 
There is a skeleton in the closet, but that's simply evidence of one less problem in your stressful life. A problem formerly called Steve. Libra. On Thursday, you will be barred from entering the village of Martinhoe. Their reasoning is, as ever, inscrutable. Scorpio. Postmen don't even knock anymore, let alone twice. There you go. That's a full three hours stood at the door each week reclaimed. Use them wisely. Clean your windows. Sagittarius. Rest life's joys from the hands of others. If people's hands are their primary joy, just make do with their hands. If they have more nebulous joys that aren't represented by physical objects, pass them by muttering idle comments about seafood. Capricorn, push the envelope this week. By refusing to sell anything on your corner other than DL size through to C5. There's big money to be made in jiffy bags, but you don't want to get mixed up in that. Aquarius. It's Caracas, man. Definitely. Rio's the capital of Brazil. I swears it, bruv. If I'm wrong, I'll pay for the next round. I swears it, bruv. Pisces. Thorough examination of your motives is called for. Why do you do these terrible things? Why don't you stop? Why should you let reason interfere? By Friday, you will have written down all the answers and eaten them. Receiving an honourable mention there, even though we don't normally talk about the music, that was uh, a live lounge version of uh, The Editors with All Sparks, because it was surprisingly good. And, and in fairness, they are right, All Sparks do eventually burn out. So well, yeah. It was, it was accurate. All Sparks do burn out, and some people might say, oh, the sun keeps going on. Well, the sun is in fire! Read a book. A different book. No, not that one. No, a different one. That's a newspaper, a book. It's bound properly. That's more of a magazine. I know it's a bit glossy, but never mind, just a... Read a relevant book to the point. Anywho, Simon, <laughs> yes. you know what I hadn't actually planned on doing there, right? Launching into that thing about reading a book. Yes. Because, Simon, this is called spontaneousness. Yes. But I did it once. What happens, Simon, do you think, when you engage in, like, continuous, spontaneous behaviour? Um, uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you're playing with fire. Basically, you're playing with fire. Thankfully, all sparks burn out. <laughs> <laughs> Simon. Yes. Um, London was a bit of a shock in the sense that neither of us were really expecting to. We drove to London this, since we were last on air. Keep up. <laughs> Put the book down. I'm talking. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we got back from that London's mm -hmm. and uh, we're a bit tired and confused, but then woke up the next day and went, well, this is a beautiful day. <laughs> Let's go out. Let's right. go out. Where, 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 where's nearby? Where's nearby? Well, we've been talking about go, going to Woody Bay on the north coast of Exmoor. We're off to Woody Bay. We're going to Woody Bay right now. Spontaneousness! We're going to Woody Bay and we got to Woody Bay and it was absolutely lovely. It was a little bit late in the afternoon. So we thought, what's the thing to do? Let's run downhill. Spontaneousness! This is now at this stage, spontaneity. We arrived at this term. It's <laughs> spontaneous continuity. Right. Continuously being spontaneous. <laughs> Spontaneity. But in order to... I mean, it's a wonderful word. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely... Can I say it? Do you yeah. mind? Spontaneity. Sp Listeners, say spontaneity. It's a lovely... It's a lovely... It's a, it is a lovely phrase to say. Spontaneity. Um, spontaneity. <laughs> he, she, it, they are experiencing spontaneity. 
spontaneity. <laughs> um, William, surely, surely, for spontaneity to take place, yes, you, you have to at no point stop. Yes. <laughs> So, spontaneity! Oh, for God's sake. So, we ran down this hill. We haven't really been doing that much exercise recently. We went, you know what? Running downhill is pretty straightforward. So, bags on back. We ran down the hill towards Woody Bay. It's quite a long hill, but it doesn't matter because you're running downhill and it's absolutely fine. You're overtaking people and it's an absolutely lovely day. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, got down to Woody Bay. It's absolutely beautiful. Of course, we hadn't really thought about what we were doing. So, the sun had basically gone. But, yeah, there was a little bit of sun on a kind of a rock sticking out into the ocean. As so we went, well, we'll hike up on that rock and we'll have a little sunbathe and a little relax and go, oh, this is a lovely place we really should come back here we were there for about 10 minutes and then realized well <laughs> this rock is very much swamped by ocean because the tide's coming in because spontaneity we didn't actually check to see whether or not the tide was coming in spontaneity we didn't actually check to see whether or not the tide was coming in so we had to like remove all shoes and socks and put them into bag and then put hoik up um, trouser legs and then halfway like wade out into the water back towards the beach and then realized the place was full of jellyfish because we hadn't really looked about the place before we got into the water Spontaneity. Spontaneity. So that was absolutely fine. Of course, our legs are a little bit tired, but we thought we really ought to be getting on with this day because now we're in a lovely part of the world. We, maybe we might even think about staying somewhere. Suddenly we go, go to a town nearby and find out whether or not we can get some dinner. So we headed to Woolacombe. Woolacombe is absolutely lovely. Woolacombe's a little bit to the west. It's through Martinhoe. Uh, I think it was Sagittarius, your band from Martinhoe. Anyway. We went through Martin Ho and we arrived at uh, Woolacombe. It was absolutely lovely and we thought, you know what, we're going to have dinner here. We might even check about the place. Hang on a minute, there's a hotel right there. We might better get a room out. Let's get a room at Woolacombe. We got a room at Woolacombe and then I realised we are only about 19 minutes drive away from home. So we thought, well, never mind, we'll stay here anyway. So we went out for a few drinks. Hey, it's a surfer town. It's a major surfer paradise. It's going to be a great night. You know what's not going to be a great night? A night out in a surfer town. Because you know what surfers do, Simon? What? They get up really early. There's nobody. There's a place that's absolutely dead. So we had a lovely meal. Then the town's completely dead. But we'd already booked a room there. So we just kind of went, well, I suppose we'll just stay here. It's a bit pointless. And I woke up the next morning because we're thinking, you know what? There's an absolutely lovely walk around this area. So we're going to get involved in this lovely walk around the area. Spontaneity. Spontaneity. But unfortunately, we hadn't actually checked the weather, so uh, we got up the next day and it was all drizzling and a little bit murky and horrible, and so we just ended up driving straight out of Woolacombe, having spent the night there for no good reason at all. And uh, we went down uh, further west, and that didn't really work out, because there's nothing further west of Woolacombe other than the ocean, so you have to go south and there's not really anything there, so we ended up in Barnstable, and discovered that Barnstable is absolutely lovely, and we really should have spent the night there. Think, uh, hand up. Someone's put his hand up. Can I go to the toilet? Um, next song's 3 minutes 40, you can go then. So yeah, went through Barnstable and just um, kind of uh, potted around in there for a little bit. We bought a Scotch egg. It was about the size of a um, a, uh, a wrestler's fist. <laughs> I mean, it was a big old Scotch egg. That thing was mainly sausage meat and uh, very little egg. And that was absolutely lovely. Emma cut it apart with her key, but unfortunately her key doesn't really work anymore. Spontaneity! We didn't bring a knife. Spontaneity. <laughs> And so drove back, and I was thinking, you know what, what we're going to do, we're going to go to Dunkery Beacon on the way back, because the day's clearing up a little bit, but unfortunately by the time we got anywhere near Dunkery Beacon, because we'd been sat in the car for so long, and because we ran down to Woody Bay the previous day, we, our legs didn't really work anymore. So we sat in the pub for a bit, and then I realised that I wasn't going to be able to drink, so I was going to have to drive on anyway, and that kind of spoiled the entire thing. But we thought, you know what, we'll stop on another pub on the way back, and uh, I had a lovely half pint of Mad Apple Cider, because I thought, I could do with a little drink, a little half pint, it won't hurt, it won't hurt, it won't hurt. You know what Mad Apple Cider is, Simon? What? Ruthlessly strong. So I shouldn't really have ordered that, I should have investigated it first. Spontaneity. So we had to kind of hang around with the blue ball in for quite some time until I was actually capable of moving on because, you know, I was driving and I wanted to make sure I was absolutely fine. So went for a little walk around there, it was a bit horrible and pointless, and by the time we'd actually done that, unfortunately it was rush hour in Taunton, so it took us the best part of 45 minutes to get through to our house, which is on the other side of town. Um, and then I think we bailed out the next day. That was the end of spontaneity. <laughs> spontaneity. Listeners, spontaneity is not to be taken lightly. <laughs> no, you're damn right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And always warn people before you do spontaneity. <laughs> That's very much not in the spirit of spontaneity. <laughs> I don't know what this song sounds like, but it has Emma in the title. <laughs> Spontaneity. 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 <laughs>
The Continuing Adventures of Mr. Tootie Baghorn. That, well, William, just right. going back to our new friend Tootie Baghorn and his <laughs> new Tootie friend Baghorn. Patricia Newell. Hey, so, Patricia. Just as a bit of a recap, um, Pat has got some cash uh, that uh, she wants to get rid of before she dies. And, uh, Pat for, Cash. Pat Cash, that's right. And um, for somebody to put it towards a good cause. And um, my uh, friend and yours, Tootie Baghorn, yes. has suggested uh, setting up an orphanarium. So um, he's just sent her a picture of himself. Yep. And, uh, and, and Pat then replies. Okay. My dearest Christ tea baghorn. My d- dear Christ tea baghorn. <laughs> My dear Christ tea baghorn. I must, l- I must let you know that I receive your message with good courage. Oh, excellent. Your message touched me as I read through it with a lot of understanding. Wow. Not complete. My favourite bit. My beloved baghorn. <laughs> when did this turn into an Arthur Ransom book? Oh, beloved Baghorn. <laughs> My beloved Baghorn, I would like you to be free in whatever we are doing. Only pray for God's guardians over this charity organisation. Meanwhile, contact the bank by filling the columns below and forward to the email address as to confirm of being my rightfully appointed beneficiary. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Now, so, so what do they want to know? Well, they were, here we go. So, full name, telephone, fax number, email. And then there's a little bit here. I am dot 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 of dot 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 so tea bag horn of somerset england holder right. of the international passport number dot 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 Ooh. 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 she asks for that and then she says please can you always email dr stephen johnston edwards to find out about my health condition should in case i passed out during the surgery oh yes yes please continue to pray for me may god continue to bless you and your family your sister in christ mrs patricia newell why does she need to know your, um... Passport number. Uh, your passport number. Oh, it's all irrelevant. Anyway, Gordano, Pat! Gordano! Tootie replies, Baghorn here. <laughs> <laughs> Just received a charming email. Thanks for the details on how to contact the bank. I am so flipping pumped about this deal. On the form, it says that I need to write down my passport number. I don't actually have a passport. Brackets went in the fire by accident. <laughs> Is that going to be a problem? If it's ID that's required, then I do have a co-op members card with my name on it. Brackets Tootie Baghorn. <laughs> Hope that will suffice. Do let me know. I've already started gathering children, so it's quite important that we get this project underway sharpish. Yours, Tootie Baghorn. Ah, oh, good man. Tootie also writes to the doctor, oh. just to introduce himself. We'll just best make sure, you know. Future yeah. correspondent. Pass, pass it out. Gordano Doc Johnston Edwards. Nice. I'm writing about my new best friend, Patricia Newell, who is nearly dead in your hospital. <laughs> Pat says that you can give me an update on her health, etc. Is she going to get better? Does she bang on about God and stuff to you as well? <laughs> she seems quite annoying, but she has given me lots of money, so it's six of one and half a dozen of the other one, I suppose. Anyway, please do let me know how she's doing, and if you need any help with getting medicines, then I do have plenty of points on my Boots loyalty card. From Baghorn. <laughs> Does that have your name on it? <laughs> <laughs> Does that have my name on it? Excellent. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get any response for a few days. Oh. Uh, so I thought, oh, maybe I've over, maybe Tootie's overstretched it by telling them he doesn't oh, have a passport. What if Tootie read the email? Yeah. Well, if the thing is, no, 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 he, if, Pat read, if Pat read the email, Tootie hasn't got a, a passport. Oh goodness me. Uh, what? Yeah. Or, or for that matter, if it turned out the doctor went, well, I really shouldn't think. Don't think you should be saying things like that about Pat's religious <laughs> beliefs and the banging on about God and being quite annoying. I'm going to tell Pat about this. Um, oh. Attention. Tootie sends another email just to see, uh, just because there's been no reply for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, hello, Pat. T. Baghorn here. I've not heard from you for a day or two, so I thought you might have died. Have you died? I hope not, because otherwise these children I have here will just have to be put back where I found them, which is going to be really awkward. I also hope you have not died, because I was wrong about losing my passport in the great passport fire of 08. I have a passport here. It is good news. I did email your doctor as well, like you suggested, but I've not heard anything back from him either. Has he been in some sort of dreadful accident? Yours with passport ahoy, Baghorn. <laughs> Baghorn. Now, I still haven't received a reply from Pat. Oh. Uh, but I have received a rep- uh, an email from um, Mr. Eugene I. Coffey. I is like a, an initial. Okay. Right? So, out of the blue, Eugene, Eugene I. Coffey replies. Oh, it's not one of Pat's relatives, is it? They have tigerish paws. <laughs> they do, they do. <laughs> Attention, Mr. Tootie Baghorn. 
It begins. This is to acknowledge the receipt of your application form for claim of fund as the rightful beneficiary of the late Mr. John Newell's fund. John Newell? Yeah, this is Pat Patricia's late husband. Oh, I see. Uh, so, uh, as regards to this, we wish to inform you to reconfirm your banking details ah. and fill in the official bank form on the attached file. The official bank form? Yes. How official is this, bearing in mind you used to work in a bank? I'll show you in a second, William. Ooh. <laughs> Just sorry, I've not read this since this morning when I wrote it. <laughs> Dear Eugenie Coffey, <laughs> Baghorn has done it and attached it. Baghorn. <laughs> Now that's the form, Will. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, for a start, that's a strange-looking form. That's right a bank there. form. Now it's got it's got uh, it's an A4 form, uh, as is tradition, mm. and it's got a, a solid great picture, a really pixelated picture of what sort of like an official building. But it's quite a dark building, and so any of the writing that Baghorn's written on it is fairly ineligible. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, you're quite right. But Baghorn's done. Tootie's done his best anyway. Okay. So Baghorn. Uh, so I'll just, I'll just run through some of the details that Baghorn's filled out. Last name Baghorn, first name Tootie, middle name Horace Endwood. So, uh, T-H-E Baghorn, the Baghorn. <laughs> <laughs> Country of birth, a place of birth, hospital, brackets England. Nationality, English, slash Welsh. Um, <laughs> residential address, house, uh, yeah, house number, 1897. Street, Gordano Parade. Town, Uto Exeter. <laughs> Country, England. Home, yes. Mobile, yes. Occupation, none. <laughs> Nature of business, unemployed slash laid off. Um, and I think that's it. Name of beneficiary, the Baghorn. Swift code, not applicable, brackets, N-A. So um, I have sent this form back. And that, Hang listeners, on. is... Sorry, well, is that all the information they needed? No, they needed more, but I've left it blank. Ah, why? Well, Tootie left it blank, rather. Tootie left it blank. Now, listeners, I've not heard anything back from these people since I sent the form in this morning, so you'll just have to tune into the next show to see what happens next on... The Continuing Adventures of Mr. Tootie Baghorn. Well, dear listeners, time has run away with us, even though it... Shut up! Shut up! Well, dear listeners, time has run away... I did it for the podcast. Time has run away with us, even though we knew we were pregnant. What? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> we're going to ask a significant question, Simon. We ask this question every fortnight, and what do you think the question is? What have we learnt this evening? <clears throat> Will will be wearing... Will wears denim cut-offs when searching for Alex. And if Simon bears progeny, his daughter will be known as Titty. Try not to confuse your wife with a tramp. Even more importantly, do your best not to broadcast it. William, brackets me, should really pay attention when past Will, brackets now, says, Future Will, you are not allowed in public. Spontaneity is dangerous in the wrong hands, brackets William's hands. And Tootie Baghorn has a more extraordinary life than you would think. And he's fictional. That was sorry, not in service. We're not sorry, but we were in service. Ish. It's all a lie. And Simon, what, what happens now? Uh, well, you press play there, and we have the, the, the closing thing, theme, and then the barmaids arrive, and yeah, we go home. That, yeah. So um, let's do that then. Closing the show. We hope you've learnt your lesson. From William, Simon, and Tootie Baghorn. Tootie! <laughs> this is, uh, this is, well, this is us saying goodbye, really, isn't it? The Baghorn. The Baghorn. I didn't Tootie. congratulate you on air for that, but Simon, but the Baghorn. <laughs> Tootie, Tootie Horace Endwood. End, is it Endwood? It's Endwood. Yeah. Um, so, um, so there are listeners, PAFTA award winning, and uh, we will speak to you in a fortnight with more of the same. Really, genuinely more of the same. Just a keep going on.